You know, in the summer, as we talk about songs, we talk about hearing different songs, cranking up the music, listening to things. I think there's a lot of times when you get together in somebody's backyard, social distanced, okay, and there's tunes playing, and maybe it's familiar, and some groups of people begin to sing along, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. But often in those situations, there is somebody who joins in very loudly who can't sing. Um, The musical term for that is dissonance, uh, a lack of harmony among the music. I say all that as a precursor because there is a song that goes on in all creation, a song of praise to our God, the Creator, the Redeemer, the Holy One. Psalm 148 is like the downbeat as it begins, the call for all the different players in the symphony to begin. Yet even in this song of creation, there is a dissonance, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But Psalm 48 begins in the very throne room of God, And from there, it cascades down through all creation. Each group of creation called to join in this piece of music that builds to a crescendo of praise to God. It starts in the highest heavens and moves from there as the call goes out to God's messengers, His angels, those who do His bidding. It goes from there then to the created heavenly bodies, the sun and the moon, and then to the earth, and we see the earth being called out, and the earth's vast majority, which is water, and it calls out creatures in there. It moves to the earth's atmospheric things of lightning and hail and snow, clouds and winds, and then finally moves to the surface of the earth and those things that are biggest, to hills and mountains and trees. It goes from there then down to those dwelling on the surface of the creation, from strength to meekness, of wild animals, and then to domestic and to small and to birds. And then finally the call goes out to humans. And the human, the call is from the lofty, those who are nobles and kings and princes, to the low to the very populace that lives upon the planet. And then finally the call goes out to God's redeemed, to His church. It is an invitation to all to praise Yahweh, the Lord, to join in this song. And yet in the midst of this, there is one group that is out of tune, one group that fails to join the invitation. Can you guess which one it is? It's us, yes. Only mankind is willing to ignore the call and to give praise to the creation over the Creator, to do their own thing, to sing their own song. There were two men that were walking down the street one day, and they walked by a window of a taxidermist. As they looked at the different displays that were there, they noticed there was an owl not in the window but off on a perch, and They began to look at that owl, and neither liked the way that that owl kind of sat on that perch. 
They thought that its feathers just didn't seem like whoever had done it would put them in the right proportion. The wings were too big for the body. The feet were not quite right in the way they sat. They agreed whoever did this did a very poor job. And at that moment, the owl turned its head and opened its eyes. It was alive and it looked at them. But isn't that true of us, of mankind? That everything else in creation gives glory to its creator that sees the mark and the hand of the artist on us, on it, except one, us. I want to look at this psalm. I want to break down the various pieces of the orchestra as we come upon them, as that cascade goes, and read those verses to you in depth and talk about them. Verse 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. You know, there is that phrase in there, the highest heavens. We need to think about that. The ancients' view of the heavens was what we would call threefold. They looked at the heavens this way. There was the first heavens, and maybe you remember in 2 Corinthians, Paul kind of alludes to this when he says, I remember a man who was caught up into the third heaven, and we wonder about that. The first heaven is what we see outside on a clear day, not today, the blue sky. That was what they would call the first heaven. The second heaven was the nighttime sky with the stars. And then the third heaven was the dwelling of God. And so the highest heaven is that place, the dwelling of God. And it starts there as that call goes out from that throne room, from the dwelling of God, first to those messengers of light, his servants who do his will. The very thing we pray in the Lord's Prayer that we pray would happen on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because it is done by his messengers who join in this song. Verse 3 moves us on and it says, Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. You know, I'm sure modern science would laugh at us that we believe in calling out the astronomic bodies to give praise when they view them simply as planets that came about from a big bang. But it is God who has created these. In Genesis, he spoke these into being. He set them in motion in their seasons, in their courses, in their purpose. And he keeps them and sustains them. And they do what they do for him alone. They exist by him, through him, and for him. Do we hear when we gaze upon these things that they give forth a song of praise because of their existence to their creator? Or do we just sing our own tune? Verse 4 through 6 moves on as it goes, Praise Him, ye heavens and waters above the sky. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Remember that threefold view of the heavens and the ancients believed that somewhere in that blue sky where the clouds formed and brought down water from earth that it produced the rain. But think of that phrase in there that they will never pass away. You know, in Genesis 8, God made a promise to mankind 
after the flood. He said this, as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Do we praise Him for that? Do we praise Him for the seasons changing? Or when it's winter, do we say, I wish it was warm again? And when it's warm, do we say, I wish it was a little colder? No, so often we just see it as nature happening and we miss the song and we miss the promise and we sing out of tune because we sing to ourselves. Verse 7 goes on, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wind, wild animals and cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Finally now, from the atmosphere down to the earth, you know, you think about those things, wind and hail, storms, and snow and all those things. We call them natural disasters when they happen, don't we? That they're not part of God's plan. But remember what Paul says in Romans 8 about creation, not just about us. That when Adam brought sin into the world, he suffered creation under that sin too. It says this, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Nature longs to be free from sin and what it does and how it wreaks havoc. There is disharmony that exists in nature, but only because of sin, and yet it strives to stay in tune with that call to praise the Lord. It strives. It strains under that. Do we? And finally then on the earth, as we've seen in verse 9, we look at that picture of what God has given us in our planet. When it talks about hills and trees and birds, it reminds me of that second verse of that great song, How Great Thou Art, when through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds swing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze and then the chorus then sings my soul how great thou art and then finally in this psalm the call goes out from all those things that have joined in the orchestra and lent their voices the call goes out to us in verse 11 kings of the earth and all nations you princes and all rulers Young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And He has raised up for His people a horn, the praise of all His faithful servants of Israel, the people close to His heart. Praise the Lord. Everything joins in that song because of His name all created to praise Him, all give praise. 
as I said before, except the one that's out of tune, us. Because of sin, we do not lend our voices to this orchestra, to this song. Because of sin, we are broken and sing what we want in spite of everything around us giving praise to our Creator. But verse 14 tells us there is hope. That God alone can bring us back into tune with creation. That phrase, He has raised up for His people a horn. And this is a gift to us from God, to his church. It's Jesus, our Redeemer. Our sin blinds us to the song of praise in all creation, and we are out of tune, but Christ brings us back and puts into our mouths a new song, a song of the redeemed, a song that we may join in. And it is the song of praise that goes on in heaven forever and ever. That song of the redeemed that centers around the throne of God, that centers around a person and centers around Jesus. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5, we see these words. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nations. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice, they were saying, they were saying words. We have the lyrics, but we don't yet know the tune as we come upon that song. I had hoped to play for you what one man had done, George Frederick Handel, as he kept, oh, they're saying I can play this. George Frederick Handel tried to capture these words that I want you to hear. make out the words. The words are, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sea and on the earth and all of them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. You see, because of Jesus, we join in that song, the new song of the redeemed. 
the ongoing praise of heaven, the song of creation of praise to our God. This is the song of his people, the song of his church, and it is the song that we join in when we say with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, we join that ongoing song in heaven to sing and to lift our voices in praise to the Lamb who was slain for us. In Jesus, we too then give praise to God with all of creation. And the psalm finally ends with the phrase that it began with, praise the Lord. A phrase that may be on our lips always because of Jesus. Because of Jesus slain for us, we too in our lives can praise the Lord because of his spirit, because of his word, because of his gifts, because of our forgiveness that brings us back into creation, that freedom of the children of God that Paul talks about. May we be people to sing this song all the days of our lives. May we sing this song to others that they too may hear and sing and join their voices in praise to God to sing the song of the redeemed, to sing with all creation. You know, the last verse in chapter 5 of Revelation simply says this, and the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. We pray with me. Jesus, we know so truly that much of our lives we spend only singing our own tune, and we are so out of tune with all that you have created in giving you praise. But because of our Savior Jesus, you have brought us back into harmony. And may the blood that he shed to redeem us, may his glorious resurrection, may the freedom he won for us at such a price move in us to raise our voices in a voice of praise and thanksgiving to give you honor and praise and glory and blessing forever and ever. Amen.